A house is made of wood and stone, but only love can make a home. Welcome to the Repco Light Home Improvement Show, helping you make your home into one you'll love even more. On News Radio Wood 1300 and 106.9 FM. Well, good morning, everybody. Happy Saturday. Haley, happy Saturday. Happy Saturday. Well, there's big doings in the paint world this week. Yeah, Benjamin the Moore. color of the year. Yeah, color of the year 2022, and it's what? October Mist, which is a color that I really like. I don't always agree with their choices, I'll be honest. But this one, I think I might have influenced Benjamin more because I came up with that color as the star of our color palette back when I first started doing the Instagram color palettes. Right. That was like six months ago. Right. If you don't remember or don't know what Haley's talking about six months or so ago, Mm -hmm. you came up with this idea of let's release six colors every month. And now we stretched it to every two months. Right. But six colors that you pick, you curate, Mm -hmm. that's the word you use, put them together and then it, it, it's basically just to inspire people. Exactly. To jump in. It's not a color combination necessarily that you no. would work with. Just different colors to highlight. And October Mist was one of the first ones that you picked, focused on. Yeah. So look and at that. it actually got really good reaction. I think that was our most popular palette overall. So I think they did right. All right. So Benjamin Moore gets Haley's thumbs up. <laughs> I'm sure they're they're going to rest easy yes, now. Yes, exactly. Anyway, on the show today, we've got all kinds of, of fun stuff planned, right? Wouldn't you say? Yeah, it's all fun. It's all fun this time. Not that it's not other times, <laughs> but this one's really fun. And at the end, we're going to be talking about why painters wear white. It's a question we get from time to time. It's kind of a mystery. Kind of a mystery. And we've got the answer, or at least some really logical Things that could be the answers. answers. Yeah. (laughs) We're also going to be talking about a project that you ran into, Time Capsules, which I thought was ridiculous until you explained it. weird. And I don't still know if I would do it myself, but I think it's worth talking about. It, It sounds really fun to me. I'm all geeked up about it. All right, so we got that coming. We're also going to be talking about some fire safety stuff. Mm-hmm. Spontaneous be- combustion. Spontaneous combustion. Something That's I've a always fun one. yeah thought about. You know, people walking down the street. We're going to help you figure out which ones are going to just. Oh my god! No, not that. <laughs> we don't even. I don't even know if that really happens. If that's possible, that people can. We always talked about that in elementary school and middle school. Came from a hardcore school. Yeah. <laughs> but anyway, we're going to talk about how that can happen in real life. In projects using oil-based products and rags. And we'll get into all of that and help keep you safe. Because yes. it is Fire Prevention Month. And right? we're responsible. And, and we're responsible yeah. people. Right? Sort of. Yes, mostly. But right now, let's talk about we are responsible. Why would you act like we're not? We're responsible. I'm hung up on that. Okay, we are. Let's definitively say that. Okay, yeah. Because we're so responsible, we're going to go and nag everybody. About, about fall they, prep, yeah. Right. We are responsible. We are responsible. <laughs> you shouldn't be surprised. Because, you know, we're heading into that great time of year, winter, and that means there's a lot of things outdoors that need to be covered and taken care of. Yeah. And while you've probably read a million articles by now about all the things you should do, we're going to just give you one more that you don't have to read. You just have to listen to. It'll be fun. It'll be fun. So let's just start working our way through our list. And some of these are really simple. Some of them are a little more in depth. But underground sprinkling. If yes. you have it, do you have it on the schedule, on the calendar to be winterized if you're not doing it yourself? Because you just scheduled yours and you I, got scheduled for November 1st. I, I so you're know. cutting it close. I did. I completely forgot. But here's the deal. 
if you don't get your sprinkler system winterized, there's the possibility that water left in the pipes will expand when it freezes, when the ground freezes, mm-hmm. and that could crack those pipes or the fittings. Water in the sprinkler heads it. could yeah. easily break them. Other valves and other equipment could break. Lots of things could break. You want to make sure you get all that water out of the lines, and generally, bringing somebody in to do that for you is the easiest way to go. It's not very expensive, probably about 80 to 100 bucks. Oh, yeah. It's well worth it. Oh, yeah. If you roll in money like I do, what's $100? <laughs> right? If anybody wants to do it cheaper, give me a call. Oh, my gosh. I'm all up for that. <laughs> but anyway, make sure you're on the schedule for getting your sprinkling winterized. Now, another thing is gutters. making sure you get your gutters cleaned out. Yeah. You actually have a really good system for this, though, and it makes it almost fun in some ways. This is a thing that I Would feel you like, like people to only do, it do twice a year. at my house to find out exactly no. how fun it is? <laughs> But the one time that I tried it your way, I I do think it's more fun. Well, tell the people because they're clamoring to know. You have the Ego cordless, you know, battery powered leaf blower. It works really well. I have the same one now because you're so generous. And a housewarming gift. Yeah. 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 Pat on your back. There we go. (laughs) But they work really well for blowing off leaves, but also in the gutters. You can stick it right in the gutter and just blow it out. Oh, it's a messy job. I would not say it's fun, you know, especially with rain. I think it's rain. more fun. It's more fun than the alternatives. Yes. It's not more fun than not doing it. Right. You know, but not doing it brings all kinds of problems down the road. So you got to get those gutters cleaned. And yes, what I love doing is I, I would always bring up a leaf blower. That was the ideal. Yeah. And the electric ones, the cords the were cord. draped all over the place. And it's a little dangerous. A little dangerous. Yeah. And potentially I was damaging the shingles oh. by dragging it and all of those things. That was frustrating. Then I got a gas-powered one. And heavy. I liked it, but it was heavy. Yeah. And, you know, tough to get them started. I always struggle with that. The ones I've had don't start up easily. Mm-hmm. I've got this battery-powered one now from Ego. and that's Super been light. Super light. Super easy. Enough power by a long shot to blow the gutters clean. Works really well. Just make sure you're up there doing that. Make sure you're cleaning out those downspouts as well and keep up on it because as leaves come down, of course, they're going to continue to clog. Definitely something you want to keep up on. Here's another one really important. And if if there's only one of these that you do today, well, the sprinkler one is pretty big. But But I think this one's really important. This one's big. Seal out mice and other pests. Yeah. I've got a chipmunk problem right now, I've discovered. Mm-hmm. And yeah, it's just made me really realize why my dad hates everything cute. <laughs> right. It is that way. You know, when you're little, I knew I used to catch and release. Well, dad would catch the moles. He uh-huh. had little loop things, choker loop things, and it'd sometimes hook them. And I would get home and find all the traps that had sprung. And if the moles were alive, I would release them all in the weeds somewhere (laughs) that didn't help that. He was very frustrated. And I couldn't understand why. Why? They're cute in a way. Chipmunks are cute. Squirrels are cute. Yeah, but when you own your own home, all of a sudden all that stuff gets real. Yeah, it's a war. It's a war. I had mice in my home. It's a mess. And, And think about this. Mice in the house, they can breed up to 60 babies a year. A and those year. babies can start breeding after just four to eight weeks oh my gosh. of maturity. Yeah, think about that. How fast things could get out of hand. Yeah. And a mouse can fit, because we're talking about trying to make sure you seal off your home. That sounds easy until you realize that a mouse, an average mouse, can fit through a dime-sized hole. A dime-sized hole. They can squeeze their little noggin and then their biscuits through that hole, and then they're... <laughs> Well, that's the main yeah. parts. Yeah. yeah. And then they're in the house. 
causing <laughs> havoc, making babies, going to the bathroom, all those things. So you've got to walk around and seal those holes. It's like a scavenger hunt for small holes. Yeah. yeah. So walk around and be creative. Check low, check high. I had them actually climb the wall in my garage and they were getting in through the insulation into my attic that way. So you've got to fill all of those areas in and you can't just caulk it or do stuff like that. No, the foam, I mean, that's easier for them to chew through than the stuff they've already chewed through. So you cannot use the foam stuff. Don't try to insulate with that. You've got to use metal, essentially. I mean, the copper mesh, I think, is the best. Right. You can buy this rolls of copper mesh for, I I got a 30-foot roll for 18 bucks, and it lasted several years. It's not going to rust. They can't chew through it. And if you need more substance to it, you just wrap fiberglass insulation in it before stuffing it into the gaps. Perfect. So walk around the house, look for those areas, look for places chipmunks could squeak in, look for you know your attic vents, your peak vents and stuff like that. Make sure they're sealed tightly to the siding of the home. Make sure there's no gaps for them to get through there. And one other thing, go in your garage, Mm -hmm. close the garage door, leave the lights off and look for chinks of light. And if I go and I do that at my garage, I originally found great big gaps where the light was pouring in, where the mice could get in. So I stuffed those with that copper mesh as well. Smart. Able to seal the place off. So definitely look into those things. There's all kinds of more info on that pest control stuff. If you're really concerned, get a hold of, you know, somebody like Rose Pest Solutions or something, and they can help you troubleshoot and get you some good info. A couple other things. If you've got a wood-burning fireplace, you'd want to make sure that you get your chimney inspected and swept. Those are big things. Get your lawnmower ready. That means get the, you know, when you're done using it, I use it to mulch up the leaves. But when I'm done, I've got to get the gas out of it and I've got to clean out, you know, the underside of the deck, make sure that all of the wet leaves aren't just clinging to that. Clean it all up, get it stored for the winter. And then you've got to get the snowblower out and start getting that ready, make sure it's running still. I mean, it sounds crazy to talk about a snowblower when we've had 80 degree days, but it's coming up soon. Well, here's the deal. If what normally happens is I don't get the snowblower out or start it up until that freak storm comes through, you know, we all wake up and, oh, man, there's five inches of heavy, wet snow. Mm-hmm. You get the snowblower out and it doesn't start, so you end up shoveling. Figure out if it's going to start right now. You yeah, because then you've got time to repair it. Right. There's still time to work on it. Change the oil now. Get everything set. Make sure you've got your shovels and all of that. You know, move to the front of the queue You know, I've got to get them out of the back of the garage now, move them up into a place of prominence so I can get them readily. (laughs) And I can take stock of what I have and what I don't have. And then as the stores start to stock those items, I can snag what I need because by the time I go to get them. Yeah, they're already out of stock. I mean. And then they're not replacing them again Everyone rushes at the same time to get those things. So we've got to be, we've got to stagger it, people. Yeah. Some of us go now. (laughs) (laughs) So all of our listeners... Head yeah. out there now. Get these things set up. All kinds of other little things you can do. Drain your garden hoses and bring them inside. The AC. I mean, obviously turn it off. But people will put tarps over those, and that actually invites pests. So if you put a piece of plywood on top of it with some bricks, that's actually better. Absolutely. All kinds of things you can do. Find a few of those and accomplish those today. You're going to feel great, and you'll be a little more ready when fall comes. Exactly. All right, we're going to take a break, and when we come back, we're going to be talking about spontaneous combustion and the dangers of that and how you can avoid it very, very easily. That's all just ahead. Stay tuned. Helping you turn your house into your dream home. 
This is the Repco Light Home Improvement Show, presented by Benjamin Moore on News Radio Wood 1300 and 1069 FM. Well, Haley, in the course of buying your new house, you know, mm-hmm. you spent what, six months looking? Yeah. <laughs> six months looking. You talked to a number of realtors. You just were all over the place digging into all kinds of stuff. And you ran into a story about spontaneous combustion and a realtor who said you should talk about this on the show because it's such a scary potential. And we figured that since October is Fire Prevention Month, it's the perfect time to dig into this. Yeah, exactly. Why don't you just run with the story to begin with so people can understand what we're talking about and the real concerns. So the realtor that I was talking to told me that she had a client It was a couple that bought a house. It was their first house. Mm -hmm. And it was an older home that they were going to fix up. They were really excited about the character. So they were going to sand down the floors and refinish them. And so the husband's there late at night and he's refinishing everything. He's kind of staining the floors, staining it and, you know, varnishing their solvents that he's cleaning up with. And he throws the rags in the trash can because that's just our normal habit of where we put you know, trash. That's a big Didn't part think of it. About it. It's a habit. We just toss them aside and exactly. go on our way, right? He just went home. He went home. He's driving in the car and thinks, oh man, was I supposed to do something different with those rags that sure. I was cleaning up with? Uh, did I close all the solvents? You know, all these things start running through his mind and he thinks, no, I'm being crazy. Nothing's going to happen. Goes home, is eating dinner, and he gets a knock on the door. It's a police officer, and he's immediately thinking of the house and the trash can and the moment in the car. Mm-hmm. And sure enough, he gets the news that the house is actually burnt to the ground. Burnt to the ground. And it's all because of spontaneous combustion, Yep, because of the solvents and the rags. It's a real concern, and it's something that you can work around. I mean, it's, it's definitely something that you can avoid. Right. But not a lot of us realize... The, the potential, danger, right? Yeah. We had the same thing happen, not to that extent, not to that horrible extent, but the same type of thing happened in our plant at Repcolite where some rags unknowingly got left in a pile out of habit mm-hmm. and over an evening they ignited and caused a lot of damage. So it can scary. happen. It can happen to everybody. So we need to be aware and we need to take some steps. So first off, let's just explain what's going on. When we've got rags that are filled with solvents you know, damp with that, and they're left in a pile, those things will release heat as they oxidize. Right. Now, as that's all happening, if the heat can't escape because you've got a great big pile of rags, it can actually build to a high enough temperature to ignite. Yeah, you don't need an outside ignition. Right. <laughs> it's not like you're smoking a cigarette and then it ignites. It's it's igniting itself, which is crazy. Exactly. Now, it pays to be careful whenever you're working with solvents, but you don't need to be utterly freaked out. You just need to be careful. And there are a number of simple things you can do. And the most simple is to make sure you're never piling the rags. Yeah, just lay them out flat, you know, put them outside. People will lay them out in their driveways, hang them on clotheslines. I always hang mine on a clothesline that works really well. It's a super simple way. Keep them separated from each other. Once they're all dry... It's fine. Just throw them away. But they've got to be dry. Definitely something to think about. Being aware of all of that will help you avoid and prevent a tragedy. And since it is Fire Prevention Month, and we've got a little bit of time left, we can probably work through... A number of other things that you should do right now. And the first one 
And in fact, if you do none of the other things. Yeah, this is the most important. Definitely something to do today is test all of your smoke alarms and make sure they're all working. Yeah, or replace the batteries if you haven't done that in a while. Make sure the batteries are actually in them. I'm totally guilty of taking them out when they go off when I'm cooking something and Mm -hmm. I smoke up the kitchen. And then you forget to put them back in. Exactly. Now, I ran into this infographic on Facebook from the Holland Fire Department. Yeah, it was kind of scary. I didn't really realize that this would be such an issue. But Michigan fire fatalities from January to September of 2021, 86 people died in 74 fires, and only 45% of the homes were reported as having working smoke alarms. Only 45%. Right. So go through, make sure that your smoke alarms are working, replace the batteries. As we said, if you're wondering how many smoke alarms should I have, well, the ideal is to have one on every level of the home, Mm -hmm. one in every bedroom, one in every hallway. It's a simple step, but a lot of us don't do it. And in fact, while you're doing that, you should double check your carbon monoxide detectors as well. Swap those batteries out. And if you don't have one of those, run out and get one. Definitely. They even have like the smoke and carbon monoxide in one now. So something to look for. The second thing to really look out for, especially as we're moving into winter, is space heaters. Right. According to that same infographic, they were one of the top three causes of fatal fires. So definitely keep some things in mind. First off, obviously, but maybe not so obviously, keep all portable heaters at least three feet away from flammable items. If you're buying a new one, make sure that that heater has an auto shut off when it's tipped. If the one that you're using doesn't have an auto shut off when tipped, go out and get a new one. Yeah, it's worth it. Right. You might argue that it's too expensive. I don't want to drop another 40, 50 bucks when I've got one that works. If it doesn't go off when it tips over... It's worth the 40 to 50 bucks to get a new one that does. Definitely. And also, you should never use an extension cord. I've totally done that. So, whoops. <laughs> right. And, and some people will run the cords under rugs. That's a big no-no. Don't do that. It's one of the worst things you possibly could do. And I guess one last thing when it comes to space heaters is when you leave a room, for or go sure, to bed. when yeah. you go to bed, turn them off, but also unplug them. Oh, yeah. That's one of the things. (laughs) Yes, I'm really, really ridiculous about unplugging everything. You would do that, yeah. I'm afraid somehow it's going to just go on again. But when you're messing (laughs) with a heater, it's definitely worth unplugging as well. The third thing is have a plan. In most situations, evacuation is the preferred action, not putting the fire out. So make sure that everyone knows exactly where to go, talk to your kids, and have a place to meet up. Right. None of these are exhaustive. We're not able to get into the nitty-gritty of everything. You can get more information, though, from your local fire department or your public safety department of the city or township where you live. Usually there are all kinds of educational resources available, and in our experience... Those folks are always happy to talk about prevention. So give them a call, send them an email, whatever, get the information. And by all means, make sure those smoke alarms are working. Now, we're going to take a break. And when we come back, we're going to be talking about time capsules. Yeah. That's all just ahead. Stick around. If you want to take your DIY skills up a rung, the Repco Light Home Improvement Show is here to give you a boost on News Radio Wood 1300 and 1069 FM. And we're back, and Haley, it's time for your dumb topic of the month. Oh my yeah. gosh! <laughs> just kidding. I'm just kidding, Haley. Just joking. You just said that. Well, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I know. Well, and it's your dumb topic, but it's my inability to see the bigger picture topic, right? 
about once a month, you yeah. pitch an idea to me that I think is so ridiculously insane that you're just like, I, I can't even. I, how is that a topic? How? You'll start asking me all these questions. Yep. And then I know, okay, it's this one is of those. one I've got to really fight for here. Yep. But what it turns out, and I'm learning, is that it's just that I can't see the bigger picture. Yeah. And as you explain it, I get all excited. And in fact, some of these dumb topics, and Dutch doors, I remember. Yep. I, I, I hated even, that one. I, right. I did. <laughs> <laughs> but when we were doing it and when we were done with it, I said, I really like that. That yeah. was really fun. Same thing with this. Time capsules. You pitched the idea, let's talk on the show about time capsules. Yeah. And I thought, I had what? a friend tell me that when she sold her house, the new owners asked if she had buried a time capsule in the backyard. And she thought that was a crazy question. Um, That is a crazy <laughs> question. <laughs> but it sparked this whole conversation. I thought that's such a great topic. I would have never thought to bury a time capsule in my backyard. I mean... It sounds great. It looks great in movies, you know, when kids have a school lunchbox and they put all their favorite toys in it with their friends and they bury it in the backyard. It's like a fun thing. You know what? It's not, though, because I had a bunch of I had a bunch of um, superhero Barbie type dolls. Let me be very clear. They were superhero dolls. Right. They were dude. They were action figures. figures. (laughs) (laughs) That's better than dude dolls. Yep. But anyway, I took them to the beach and I had Batman and Superman oh. and I buried them all because they were trapped by, you know, the supervillain. Yeah. Guess what little kid never found his dolls back or his um action figures back. That's really sad. It was really That's sad. That's really so, sad. So burying some of this stuff can be not as fun. You just need to know where it is and make a note about it. Right. And we'll actually get to the best way to do that, actually. Right. But the first thing I want to tell you is that this is actually a fairly recent uh, term, time capsule. It didn't come around until 1939. So the term came around in 1939? What were, yeah, in, the World's in regards Fair. To, okay, the World's Fair. Mm-hmm. What did they bury? A bunch of basic stuff like thread, um, <laughs> <laughs> a doll, a Sears catalog. Things a that doll you, or an action figure? A doll, okay. yeah. Not so, an action so, figure. So kind of loser stuff. But that was it was <laughs> a the... dictionary records. Yeah. I mean, the museum was like a little bit upset with them actually and because they buried such dumb stuff? Yeah, because they thought this isn't actually going to be that helpful to future historians. So it's kind of interesting. Yeah. I like that. I like that. All right. So they buried that stuff 1939 World's Fair first time yep. that this concept is being employed or at least termed as a time capsule. And these are going to be down there for a long time. They're not going to open them until the year 6,339. What? Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. You think we're going to still be exactly. here? Exactly. <laughs> That's what my first thought was. I'd like, you're really confident. A, yeah, let's just take a peek now <laughs> just to see once. Oh All right, that gosh. seems really, I don't even know if that's hopeful. I, yeah. I mean, that's the thing about these time capsules. I think you've really got to decide how long it's going to be buried for. All right. All right. So that's all to come. I, I want to get down to the nitty gritty of what you know material am I using? Because I'm assuming it's got to be weather tight. It's got to be weather tight. And I think the easiest thing that we probably all have we could use for a time capsule is like a thermos, a metal thermos. Oh, man, they're expensive, though. Or Does, can, does it have true. to be a real thermos? <laughs> can it be a Get knockoff? your nice Stanley thermos <laughs> and bury it. Um, it could be a knockoff. Okay. Okay. Yeah. So a knockoff. You'd like it to be weather resistant. Yes. Right. All of those things. 
and bury it. And as much fun as I'm kind of making of this and having with you, I think this is so brilliantly fun. I'm going to do this with the kids because oh, I think there's so many cool things. So I can use a, a thermos. Yep. Other things? What about Tupperware? No, the seal isn't tight enough, really. Even with Tupperware? Even if you burp it? Even if you burp it. Right? Because you're supposed to burp Tupperware? I don't burp my Tupperware. Well, you're doing it wrong then. Oh, wow. All right. We got to have like a Tupperware segment after this. All right. So no <laughs> Tupperware. Not good enough. No. All right. Yeah. It's got to be metal. Ideally, you could put Tupperware on the inside of it, like yeah, plastic bags. I mean, I think it's actually helpful. There's some um, people out there that really recommend having the outside time capsule, but then also protecting the things individually inside of it, which sounds a little crazy, but there's... Things that people often put, especially in larger time capsules, like, you know, a sports ball that's rubber or paper clips make their way in because you're putting stacks of pictures in there, things like that. But those things break down really quickly. The rust from the paper clips and the rubber as it breaks down in there actually off gases and that breaks down the other things in the time capsule quicker. Okay. So there's certain things that you should actually not really put in a time capsule. Cheap rubbers are one and cheap metal is another one. All right. All right. A couple of things. Do we have other things that we'd want to recommend not putting in there? Cheap paper. (laughs) Which sounds an expensive undertaking. It's kind of expensive. Yeah. You should really get like acid free archival paper. So you could get like the expensive resume paper that's 100% cotton. And that way the acidity is not going to break down that paper by the time you open it up. All right. So we'll put some links in the show notes for anybody who's interested in that. Let's get to, you know, because we're walking through how to do it and the items to use. Let's get to why it's cool in the first place. And I think the the best case for that is just talking about what you'd put in there. Yeah. I kind of struggled with what I would put in there. I think the first thing you put in is a Twinkie. What? (laughs) (laughs) You'd go with a Twinkie? Yeah. I'm definitely putting a Twinkie in there. I really want to know if the rumors are true. If like these are going to be the things left over after the apocalypse. All right. All right. So you would go that way. Cockroaches and Twinkies. (laughs) What was the other one? I was talking. Um, I wasn't serious. I said cockroach. Oh, but <laughs> yeah, you put those two together. I don't know what you end up with. See now, and I was so much more serious yes, on yes. this. No, and I would be. I would okay, put like what, letters in there. Like I would what? have predictions about the future, maybe that I would try to make. All right. Pause. I'm pausing the Haley for a second. Yeah. Letters. What are you talking about? Give me an example. Letters like, you're writing at that moment, or letters you've accumulated over time oh. and you're saving. Which one, Haley? I imagined writing a letter yep, for that, the time capsule. Okay. On that really expensive paper. Exactly. All right. Yeah. And, and having then, my predictions in there or like a note to my future self or, you know, future children, whoever. Yeah. I like that idea. See, what I liked is, yeah, that same kind of thing. I had that same idea. A handwritten letter. Um, I would really have to give a lot of thought as to what I was writing. I didn't mm-hmm. think about making predictions or stuff like that. I would probably, you know, knowing me, it would be a lot of nonsense. <laughs> but I think the kids would someday appreciate it as they're pulling that out. Yeah. It's just like being there with me again. <laughs> right? Of course. That's, that's something fun. See, another thing that I thought would be really fun, though, is that I would get questions to all the kids, mm. you know, on this nice expensive paper. I would yeah. submit questions to them. And maybe everybody gets the same question. Maybe everybody gets a different question. I'm not sure. 
but I would have them write their answers down at that point. And I think that'd be so fun to revisit, you know, 15, 20, whatever years in the future. Yeah. Open those up. And, and now you've got the fun of, okay, here's the question that we answered. Here's how we answered back 20 years ago. I like it. And how would answer we answer it now? that now? I mean, what a fun experience. That is And cool. I guess to take a pause or a sidestep, one of my favorite things about this is the idea of the two obvious ceremonies, for lack of a better word, yeah. that happen. It's the burying of it, you know, the filling it and putting it in the yard or wherever you put it. Because you can leave it in the house in a box on a shelf yeah, and that's just not true. open it. But that moment, everybody gathered around. We're all knowing what we're doing. We're putting mm-hmm. it in the ground. And, you know, that's a fun thing. Yeah, I agree. And then the gathering together again at some point in the future to get it back out and to go through it. And as fun as that sounds, there's also a lot of bittersweet with this because not necessarily everybody's going to be there. Yeah, that's when sad to think about. It is sad to think about, but it's still going to be so I would think really fun, really exciting. For the people that are there. Well, of course. <laughs> but everybody else to remember and to go back. And we've got this one extra memory right. that's tucked away, that's hidden away to be exposed yeah. at that moment. Yes, it's, it's like bittersweet, that. but really cool. So, yeah, the, the questions, the the handwritten letters. I think letters. it'd be fun to put a riddle in there okay. and bury like a crypt text. <laughs> Explain that. What do you mean? Like from the Da Vinci Code. Like I would make it a game. <laughs> that everybody's got to crack this code Like, now? okay, we buried this thing up. Here's a riddle. And now there's this thing. We've got to figure out the combination. And oh, try to get to it open. back out? Yeah. Oh, man. Yeah. I could never do that because I'm not really good at those. We might never get it back out again. Oh, yeah. The escape room. That's true. Yeah. <laughs> well, there's our capsule. <laughs> never open it. Another one that I thought was really fun was um, on, online, it, they, somebody recommended a list of songs. And I thought that's, it's a cool cool idea, but yeah. it's kind of blasé, you know, the way they explained it. Right. Now, songs, you're, they're really emotional. They impact us all, you know, more than a lot of things do. That's but true. I really don't want a list of, you know, I don't want to pull out a list of the popular songs from 2021 or something yeah. like that. What I want to put in are the songs that the kids sang incessantly that drove me nuts <laughs> at that point. Like there's the sponge from the SpongeBob musical, I'm just a simple sponge. Yes. My daughter sings that all generally while we're doing dishes. Oh, okay. And then we just it's so annoying. We send her out of the room. We send her out of the room. Sneaky. We, that's her whole point. Yeah. <sighs> huh. So yes, she's cranking out that song at full lung. Full lung? full voice she's using sure. both of her lungs for this one <laughs> oh and then we kick her out but that would be a funny song to write down there's other ones where somebody else starts humming it and three other kids say don't don't even start those are the songs i'd write down i'd love to find those 20 years from now and, yeah those and are like inside that. jokes yeah I like it. How much fun is that? What other things? One last thing. Well, I mean, the internet tells you to put things like basic trivia about the time, like who the president is and like salary, gas prices, all those things. But I think that's more for the idea of bearing this for a really long time and like no one's alive that we know when this is opened. And so now it's for historians. But really, I feel like I would bury it for myself. Oh, oh. See, you I'm, know, like it would be for my family, yes. not necessarily like a future person that I'll never meet. Well, right. And I guess, yes, I didn't even think about clarifying that. But that that would determine 
what you put in these things that make Definitely. it valuable, who it's for. And yeah. I would certainly only be doing this for the family. That's that's who's going to care about these things. But real quick, before we end it, there's a company or an organization, I guess they would call it, called Not Forgotten. And they will essentially keep track of your time capsule location and the time that it's supposed to be opened. So it's never lost. They've got like a whole library of all of the time capsules that have been registered, where they are on the planet, and when they're supposed to be opened. Really? Yeah. Kind of cool. That is cool. Because, yeah, my experience with burying stuff, even when I've left notes to myself, Mm -hmm. not real great at it. Yeah, they'll help you. Not real good. Now, one other thing that I have always, this is completely not a time capsule thing, but this is an idea I've had. I shouldn't say it because if the kids are listening, it really blows it. But I have thought about leaving something in the house, (laughs) which says all the money is buried in the, and they just trail off. And that something that they find after I am gone to greener pastures. Can you imagine the fun that would happen? Dad says he buried all the money. What does this say? The neighbor's yard? Is that what that says? I think it would just cause fights. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, people, that's generally what people say. So I guess I probably won't do that. It's funny though. Maybe I'll bury a time capsule with all this fun stuff in it. Yeah. And then you could do the riddle inside of it. There we go. Yeah. Anyway, a lot of fun. Something to think about. A little different for the show, but I, I think it's a great fun idea. Something I'm gonna I'm gonna try. And if I do, I'll let you know that we've jumped in and done it. All right. And then six thousand years from now, when we dig it up, I'll let you know how that goes too. <laughs> All right, we're gonna take a break, and when we come back, we're gonna be talking about why painters wear white. Yeah, the mystery. The mystery. We're gonna solve it. Sort kind of. of. A little bit. <laughs> That's all just ahead. Stick around. If you want to take your DIY skills up a rung, the Repco Light Home Improvement Show is here to give you a boost on News Radio Wood 1300 and 1069 FM. Well, Haley, we get all kinds of questions all the time, you know, in the stores, on the online chat, uh, in emails. emails that you and I get. And normally, all of those questions are about painting. Yeah, as we'd expect. Right. But every now and then, someone branches out a little and gets extra credit. Yeah, right? they get a little abstract with their questions. It makes it fun. It does. It's always fun to dig into something new. Well, one question that comes up from time to time that's really interesting is this. Why do professional painters wear white? There's no absolute answer to this, but it's definitely the most common choice among painters. Large painting crews, small ones... Uh, white shirts, pants, and caps are kind of the go-to outfit. <laughs> They're traditionally referred to as painter's whites. Yeah. I mean, it's just the uniform, right? Why is that? Well, as Haley said, there's no sure answer. Right. But there are a bunch of who knows, maybe this is it kind of answers. And they're kind of fun, some of them. Right. They're basically guesses. Some of them are better guesses than others, but we thought we'd go through them. We mined the internet for the best ones. Yeah. We checked in with people who have been in the painting industry for ages and ages to try to get the best info we can, and that's what we're bringing you right now. So we're going to just walk through the list, and these are in a specific order. Yes, as we Dan work was down, very conscious of this. Right. As we work down, they get more questionable. Silly. Right. Well, not necessarily. <laughs> more fun, more yeah. cool but maybe less reasonable. The first one, white is more economical. 
Yeah, I think that's very reasonable. Very reasonable. And and this goes back basically about 400 years or so ago. Sailors in England wore loose-fitting trousers that they made from the discarded canvas of sailing ships. It's very resourceful. It's a really good, durable material. It's lightweight. And Readily available. Yeah, exactly. Inexpensive. <laughs> there it is. And the thought is that local painters adopted these canvas pants... They probably made their own. I doubt that they took the pants from the sailors, right? <laughs> they pantsed the sailors. And took them for their own. Yeah. No, they were probably I just copycats. Would, if that's how it went, we would know that story. That story would have carried through the generations, I would wouldn't it? I hope so. Yeah. I think they probably just saw the sailors and thought, hey, that's that looks a good idea. pretty smart. So economical. Maybe that's why they're wearing white. That's a good one. Here's another really good one. A lot of the materials that painters dealt with... You know, traditionally, and even now, yeah. to some extent today, a lot of those materials are white, basically. Yeah. I mean, if you think about it, I mean, we think of color, paint colors, mm-hmm. but really plaster, patching compound, after the 1940s would have been spackle. Right. Drywall, drywall dust. dust. Yeah. Even when they were mixing their own paints a long time ago, they were adding lead into the paint and pigments, and that would have been white as well. So right. a lot of these dusty materials that they're using on a daily basis would have been white. So that kind of makes sense. It does make sense because they would have looked terrible against clothes of like a darker black? color or Can something. Can you imagine? Yeah. Yeah. It's <laughs> hidden on the white. So I like that one. Another really good one, and this makes a lot of sense too, white is cool. Not just cool like me or like Fonzie. Okay. Do you know white who Fonzie is, cool. is? Yes, I know who Fonzie okay, is. Okay, okay. White is cool <laughs> while you're working outside. Dark colors absorb the sun's energy, right? Yes. White colors reflect it. So you stay cooler longer. It's, it's just great. I love that. How about another one? White uniforms demonstrate skill. I really like this one. This is one that I can relate to because I sometimes will wear clothes I should not wear to paint in and people think that I'm crazy. But then afterwards, when I don't have paint on myself, I <laughs> pat myself on the back. See, I, I do the opposite. I wear, well, no, I start the same. I wear clothes that I shouldn't wear yes. painting <laughs> only because I'm not thinking or because I jumped into a project before I was really ready. Yes, agreed. And then I wreck those clothes, and then people ask, what were you thinking? So yes, by painters wearing these white uniforms, the idea is that it's basically your business calling card. Mm -hmm. As you walk around and people see that you're pristinely white, well, you're clearly a very skilled, very clean, very pristine painter, precise painter, right. And now, I think that's changed a little bit. Now the colors on on the whites are, are almost a badge of honor. That's kind of true. I knew a guy that would always wipe his pants. He wanted to build up like a whole color chart of yeah. the colors he's painted with. So I do think that some of them wear it as a badge of honor now. Right. And that is another one of the ideas. And I think that one was a little silly, but the idea was that they would wear the color chart that way. If I didn't have the formula for the paint I needed, yeah, I you just get a need match. To walk into the store and show them my pants. Which and it can work. That could happen. Do we really want to recommend that, though? We don't want to be scanning your pants in the computer to get... It's awkward (laughs) for everybody. I think that one's a little silly. One last one that I want to highlight, just because it's fun. White, traditionally, was the hero's color. Like the Lone Ranger wore the white hats, right? When I was little, cowboys in black hats, they were the bad guys. White hats were the good guys. So when painters are wearing white... They're the good guys. They're the good guys. They are the good guys. 
They're helping us make our homes exactly what they should be, but I really don't think that's why they're wearing Probably white. Probably not. <laughs> anyway, a really fun question, but that's all the time we've got. We've got to wrap it up. If you want to catch this episode again, you can find it online at repcolite.com. Whatever you do today, make sure paint's a part of it. The Repcolite and Port City Paint Stores are open until 3, waiting to help. I'm Dan Hansen. And I'm Haley Johnson. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening.